0: the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the maniac. Touchdown, I N D Y. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, the the double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. No,
1: to answer your question in that opener right there, Bill Walton does not say Injuryapolis, right? Not Injuryapolis, Indianapolis is what he said. Welcome, Nancy. Normally today I'd be out of Colts camp ready to fire up, Get ready to go. But the uh inbound weather has screwed stuff up. So I am downtown in studio today. So my bad if you guys were coming out, I I have not seen yet. I'm assuming I'll have to look. I just came upstairs and I haven't noticed. But uh it was coming in and they thought, you know what, instead of going up there and being out there in that tent during something like this, let's just go ahead and bag it, you guys. Come back down here, and that's where we are today for the show. Got a busy show for you. Nonetheless, Ashton Doolin done for the season with an ACL. That reported earlier today. And you know what? Think about it this way. In in much smaller terms, don't get this twisted as me trying to compare the two. But when you hear me say regarding Anthony Richardson, all hands on deck, that is accurate. That is what is necessary, especially those that have been there before. That is what you need. And you look at Ashton Doolin, and while you are not going to rely upon him to make plays from a wide-receiving standpoint... You take something even more away. And now you look to add, certainly for the start of the season, you look to add from that category and then also what Ashton Doolin brought to the table in terms of special teams play. Now you got to find a dual role guy to be able to do that. And that is just a significant pain. And that stinks. You know, the first thing you think about is just how much it stinks for the guy. That's the first thing you think about. But lastly here, in terms of the Colts, that's just bad news. And as I mention all the time, you just kind of get used to hearing junk like that. And again, I also know this, that this goes on throughout the NFL There's not a team out there that does not have to deal with an injury or even a significant injury. But as I mentioned, you want all hands on deck with this. And that takes one away, and it takes away somebody from this team that is significant in terms of a dual role. And that's not good. That's a bummer right there that is a bummer we'll talk that up over the course of the afternoon a little bit more Mike Chappell is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour to discuss that uh, we'll get back to the Jonathan Taylor stuff into the show yesterday Chris Hagan was on with me and he ended up reading you know, the statement for the personal issues when it states excused absence for a personal issue I normally stay away from having any ridiculous type of hot take I think all my reasoning has been sound to this point, but I'm not going to go with some hot take. That's that stuff that I don't normally mess with. Is that? So we shall see how that turns out. You now, moving forward, rest of the way, I, I know that you know, some people had sent me what Adam Schefter had said. You know, basically stating what I had talked about the entirety of the time, the two sides need to come together because these two sides need one another. It is so true. They need one another. You know, at some point, you got to get over some of this bickering. And I don't know if that's more of the Taylor side or if you have the ownership that knows that they have a foothold on this thing. If they're going to stay strong, clearly they are. But I would agree – With what Schefter had to say and what others have had to say, too, because that's what we've been talking about around here for a long period of time. Two sides, you just wish ultimately that they would come together. But the more and more you hear, the more and more you see, the more and more you believe that in all likelihood that is not going to be the case. Which is unfortunate. Shout out to everybody I saw at camp yesterday, too. A lot of good, a lot of bad, normal type of camp. Situation up there, we get two teams in the joint practice. Quarterbacks made some plays. Anthony Richardson made some plays, but also didn't. Um, offensive line wise, you're going to go back to the days when I'm sure we got into the conversations about the quarterback either holding the ball too long or not. It's funny you have to find that dynamic, don't you? When you're a guy that's able to move and then people talk about that is such an incredible asset as a quarterback to be able to move and be that threat to move and logically speaking those types of guys are going to hold on to the ball longer those guys that can quote extend the play going to see even more from him with that in mind now you know with, with luck it, it was a little bit different he tried to stay in, and he would get flushed, and then he ended up taking incredible hits and a lot of punishment. You know, further down the road, you're going to have to adjust to that. i said the same thing regarding Josh Allen of Buffalo. We actually saw that come to life. It is great. Being able to extend the play and do things that others cannot offensively when you're the signal caller is a beautiful thing. But what you cannot afford to do is take unnecessary hits. And we saw that over the course of the Andrew Luck career here, to where it was fashionable to talk about the extension of the play was his signature. That's what he did the best. That's what excited you the most. You now, the never say die on the play, and then in the process, get bent over backwards by linebackers and free safeties. There comes a point in time when that's no longer any good. You know, we talked about that again, about Josh Allen last year. Josh Allen oftentimes in that offense um, would call his own number. And it's kind of weird. Sometimes he would call his own number. They'd be up like three scores in the fourth quarter, and he's still calling his own number because it works. It's great. Regarding Anthony Richardson, that is going to be a great part of his game. You know, that's the expectation, you know, utilizing that athleticism. At some point, you're going to have to have an incredible balance to it. And certainly be more of a passer to where you can sidestep those hits. Remember back in the day when everybody used to make fun of Marvin Harrison for stepping out of bounds? Remember how many jackasses around here would do that? Even jackasses on the air. Oh, you got to be a man. You got to man up. Man up. Yeah, you know what? He was like the smartest guy out there. Yeah, you got to man up. Man up for that extra half yard. And then be out of the game and give up the fact that he'd give you a buck 50 each and every game through the air. Yeah, man up. That was always so stupid. You got to minimize that stuff. That's part of being on the field, a part of judging the situation. And that comes with experience. And at some point for Anthony Richardson, again, you're going to get all excited about the way he's going to be able to move around. There's no doubt. You saw bits and pieces of that even yesterday in that combined practice. But at some point, it's going to have to be more about him being a passer. Yeah, the threat thing is great. I mean think of one of the only years where you wondered about you know Patrick Mahomes is when he was carrying around an injury. You know the one time you know of the two times in which the Colts have beaten Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes the one time was on a Sunday night in Kansas City when he was already injured and then they re-injured him during the game. And he was an absolute shell of his normal self. Got to minimize that. Now, the other aspect of it is, in terms of what is going, you're going to hear this all the time, holds the ball too long. So you're a guy that's going to move around. You're a guy that's going to try to extend the play. So that's going to happen. The other problem with this for him, if you want to call it a problem, I'm not quite sure. But the other thing that bears watching is he his best asset is touch down the field. So you can tell at least so far and I'm sure there's going to be major adjustments uh to his thinking and how he handles that but it is like you and your friends in the backyard remember you and your friends in the backyard I mean not oftentimes did somebody run like a a three yard out right I mean everybody was going for the bomb like your Bobby Brady and Joan Namath. Everybody's going for it. And his touch right now, which feels comfortable for him, is throwing it down the field. Putting the touch on the football down the field. And we'll see how he matures. The other bits and pieces of his game that matures and evolves, hopefully, is what you're looking for. But that also will tend to get you when you're going for that big, deep shot. Because you do feel comfortable in it. When you're going for that shot, then you tend to, again, hold on to the ball longer. So get ready for that. What's it been like five, six years since we had to get into that holds the ball too long category? Uh, Get ready because it's going to come back. It is coming back. And those are some reasons why you are definitely going to see that. And then just – I think the one thing we often skip over, because I don't want to get into the mental aspect of it, anything like that. We're just going on what we watch. But the decision-making is going to be first and foremost throughout. And that's where sometimes you're going to go, what in the world is happening here? And other times you may be surprised for the good. But a lot of things I saw at practice, I think you can whittle down And put it in that particular category. That's what's coming. Believe me, that is what's coming. So, Colts-wise, if you guys want to talk that up, you certainly can at 239-1070. Email address is jmv1075thefan.com. The Pacers 2023-2024 schedule is out. Um, Let's see. Some of the highlights. Uh, Victor Wembanyama. November the 6th, so an early view. Unless he's taking some load management. An early view of the rookie. Right there. Golden State, if I looked at this accurately, February the 8th. It's kind of weird. I guess it's not because they're preparing everything for it around here. You have four road games leading up to Indianapolis hosting the All-Star Game. You know, I said this. I don't know if it's been out yet. If they don't send it out downstairs, I'll send it out a little bit later on. They have invited me to do a lot more reels. And believe me, I didn't know what the hell it was either. But reels are short videos in which you see my grill and whatever I'm wearing, and then I ask you some questions, and then further down the road, you end up answering those questions. One of the questions I ask in today's reel once it gets released, is that if you're looking at this Pacers schedule again, which has just been released this afternoon, where would you slot this team? I think I had said, I think I had said 45 But at least in my reel, I gave you the option to go over under a 41. I may have to raise that up a little bit because I think everybody in the world would go over 41 right now. I don't know how many people out there would actually go under 41. Yeah, you got some games that you're going to see on TNT. See those lurking there. Now, once again, one of those seasons where the, the Pacers are likely... In the landscape of the NBA, going to have to sneak up on some people. The old one nationally televised game right there on TNT is what you get. So I listen. I the the, the belief, the belief nationally, clearly is not where our belief is right now. Hey, there is the real. I'm going to go ahead and retweet this. You guys want to see it? There it is. Look at me with my Racks T-shirt on. Fast food was style. I mean that BBC stat. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go much more over 45. Like, keep in mind this: 25 year before last, 35 this past year. So, I, logically speaking, 10 more. I mean, they still did 10 more. Last year, you know, even with the situation looming, that you had a lot of sit out with Tyrese Halliburton, that you hope you don't see ever again. But again, we do. You got to keep this in mind, don't you? We got we live in injuryapolis, so (laughs) the next one just seems to be right around the corner, does it not? Here at injuryapolis, yeah, that's too bad. That really is too bad regarding Ashton Doolin. You know, we're thinking about it in terms of the Colts and the effect. I know some kind of, just, well, you know what, it's not like major wide receiver. But, I mean, he is a combo platter right there. Now, that part is for certain. And that can get you to be major. Did you go out there and grab some, too? Is it veggie? Uh, no, I grabbed a ham, side. So. Ham, buddy. Yeah, there you go. The IHSAA met with us a little bit earlier, and, and get, <laughs> I couldn't make it. So, if he wasn't here, that would be me. Actually, I, I got on the road to go to Westfield, and then the awesome executive producer, Todd Myers, said, hold the phone here, go ahead and stay downtown, and I appreciated that. I don't know how it is up there right now, but it did look iffy at best in Westfield a little bit earlier. But a shout-out to the IHSAA, Heath and the gang in here. Paul nighting, the commissioner. Always good to see everybody here. And then it's always good for everybody else that takes advantage of the food overflow that's left. I'm guarantee you all that is left right now is the veggie. I they probably could have gone ahead and just done without the four or five boxes of veggie, couldn't they? <laughs> probably. I think nobody's, there's I think there's one ham left in there. I think nobody's jumping at the veggie right now. Hey, by the way, too, coming up tomorrow, I'm going to get into our golf outing at back nine. I want to see everybody there. I want you to walk up, too. Let's just say right now you're a little bit indecisive about it. You can still walk up. You walk up, and we're going to hit balls, and we're going to hit them far, and we're going to play games with that. We're going to bid on prizes. We're going to do it for a great cause. We're going to eat. We're going to drink. And the back nine is absolutely Awesome. They're pretty much off of Morris. I'm telling you, you'll love the entire experience and you'll love it with us tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to be out there at some point between 10 and 11. I will deliver a keynote speech, of which evidently has already been written for me. <laughs> that never goes well either. If you can tell, when I do commercials, like many of these commercial reads that I do are off the top of my head because I don't feel comfortable at reading other people's stuff. So, like, they write these commercials, right, that we're supposed to do. And what I end up doing is putting it the way that I want to put it and utilizing certain certain bits and pieces as bullet points. So there's this long speech that I received yesterday, and I'm thinking, man, am I really going to read that? Now, the over-under would be set at no right now. Well, we shall see. But No. Also coming up tomorrow is the start of the high school football season, and this should be absolutely fantastic throughout the state of Indiana, and especially in this area. You've got some of the old schoolers still in mind there being as good as usual, and you got a little bit of freshness, fresh and new, trying to jump into the action. Kyle Neddenrip of the Star is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about that new and fresh feeling and some of those that you might believe that could end up being the Mr. Football in the state of Indiana coming up at the end of the year. The high school football season starts right here. Keep in mind, high school football Friday nights brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run. Car X locations. CarX.com today, Carol and Hamilton Southeastern. That is coming up at 7 o'clock tomorrow, right after Colt's happy hour, of which I host. Eddie Garrison and the awesome Jim Leisure on the call coming up tomorrow evening. That's when we know that we're back, everybody. You know that you're back when that takes place. So that's a good feel. Carroll, Hamilton Southeastern, which, by the way, is a really strong matchup. So, check that out. 7 o'clock coming up tomorrow night. That follows me and Colts happy hour. So, yesterday, Tom Deanhart and I talked about the Boilermakers. You know, that dynamic between you know, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, Graham Harrell. Yeah, it's kind of weird, too. So, Ryan Walter's in, right? And he is the new head coach, which, by the way, he joins us on Monday, right? The new head coach, first-year head coach, I should say. The Boilermakers joins us coming up on Monday, But we were talking about that dynamic between a lot of defensive angled coaches, former defensive coordinators that take over, and how often we have seen to where on these particular teams, it's not the defense that you can count on as much as the offense. And certainly in this year number one in West Lafayette, that is, I think, a given situation. Graham Harrell can make that thing fun. Uh, We want to talk a little IU today, though. We'll talk about the quarterback situation there, Tom Allen. That thing's sneaking up on us. Zach Osterman of the Star is going to join us. A little IU football conversation here in the 4 o'clock hour. Friend of the show. And because of a lot of things that have gone down, uh, one of which I think he referenced this morning in the Star regarding maybe a little bit of helper from the ihsaa about getting teams here locally on his schedule we'll talk about that because i'm not quite sure the ihsaa could do that he would know better than i would but i am a huge fan and he is a really good friend of mine eric moore the head coach and you talk about guys getting things done over the years in high school football not many not many at all have done and accomplished exactly what Eric has done and accomplished. And you know what? I look at where he is right now compared to where he has been, and I I do, I do, have even, even more admiration for Eric Moore present day. He just keeps on rolling and keeps on winning. And it's not like that, that was a ready-made situation. I mean, that's a lot of farmland down there. And that was a, an incredible transformation. It was. Uh, Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove, is going to join me coming up at 4.30. They go on Saturday to Canton, Ohio, to Tom Benson Stadium. I think it's Lakewood out of the Cleveland area. I want to say, nationally speaking, CG is ranked maybe in the mid-20s. I think this Ohio team's ranked around 13th nationally. So we'll see what that has to offer, and Eric's going to join us coming up at 4.30. And Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 is coming up at 5 today. And we'll talk about the injury setback for the Colts and Ashton Doolin and you know, exactly where they go. we got to find a combination platter here, right? Wide receiver, special teams player. Uh, you take a hit, and again, you know, no matter what hit you take, it was somebody that you felt probably would get, Thrown to by the rookie inexperienced quarterback. You just, you don't want to see that. Much, much lower, much lower than I would put, obviously, the importance of Jonathan Taylor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to mix this up at all. But you just need everybody. And if you watched that yesterday, you can kind of tell they they need everybody here. They need everybody. They need some good fortune. I can't tell you the last time this team has dealt with any consistent level of good fortune. You're going to need a lot to be, let's just say, for example, much more improved record-wise than even what we saw a year ago. A lot. Talk about that. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Now, some other things, probably defensively with Mike. Mike. And whether or not yesterday he felt that the, the offensive line was much maligned after yesterday's practice with the Bears because of the offensive line or because of the play of the quarterback, the inexperience of the quarterback. Get Mike's thoughts on that coming up in the five o'clock hour. The Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day coming straight at you, too. 50 50 Betting and Dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. That is in Anderson, the Jim Ursay Collection Band. September the 8th, Lucas Oil Stadium, another pair of tickets for you, and the Hoosier Hardwood Festival coming as well. And we'll get you a chance to check out some major wood. The Hoosier Hardwood Festival. Here in central Indiana, your chance to win those tickets coming up a little bit later on. Inside the lounge via YouTube live. Shout out to everybody watching there, too. Hopefully the weather, I could not tell in this building. I can't tell what the hell's going on out there. But I'm assuming wherever you are in central Indiana, you probably were affected by this line of storms that trudged through the area. Hopefully everything is okay where you are. Certainly. All right. Quick break and we shall return. I don't know how that's going to affect. I have not seen an announcement. Have you seen, James, an announcement for the Colts? I I haven't seen anything about them moving practice. I haven't either. I haven't either. So maybe this is going to give them enough time to get out there and to uh, get their big time Con Air hair dryers out, right? And just dry the field like that. You guys, anybody still use a hair dryer? Anybody out there grow up and had a mom that had like 19 hair dryers? I mean, all of them, too. I mean, the, the, the little square one, the long one that looked like a, a revolver, the smaller version, travel version that looked like a revolver, at the one that you sat under and it came down in a bowl, like a casserole dish over your head. Like 19 different forms of hair dryers. Like my mom had every one. <laughs> True. Yeah, they got those hair dryers out there, I'm assuming, working on the field out at Coach Camp in Westfield. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. I got time for your calls on the other side. I mentioned uh, Zach Osterman of the Star, Kyle Nedrip of the Star, Mike Chapel coming up, and the Center Grove head football coach and friend of this show, Eric Moore at 4.30 on a Thursday in studio. The Stream, the app, HD Radio, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. <laughs>
0: The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson! Move ahead! Over there! I wanna go over there! i move over, Swanson, I'm driving. 935 and 1075, the fan.
1: Uh, thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Golf outing tomorrow, back nine. Uh one of the prizes that you can bid on for this event. The Play It Forward Prize, a VIP Heaven Hill Distillery Tour. How would you like that? Experience a VIP tour at Heaven Hill Distillery for four. Package includes swag bag and more. Shout out to Brent Halverson and Randy Strand of Heaven Hill Distillery. How about this? Meekum Indy Fall Special. Meekum's coming back to Indy in the fall. Experience Meekum Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to the Indiana State Fairgrounds October the 5th through the 7th. Uh, you get a great package including four tickets for that event. I'll tell you all about there a ton. Actually, if you're watching via YouTube or live right now, right? Inside the lounge, this is a thick notebook of things that we're going to auction off coming up tomorrow. And again, you can be a part of it, play golf with us at back nine, or you could just come by for the food, the beverage, and the auction. Whatever you're thinking. Back to that in a second via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star. High school football-wise, nobody is more connected than Kyle Neddenrip, and I'm assuming excited, so we're less, a little over 24 hours away now from the start of the high school football season here in Indiana. How excited are you?
2: Oh, very much! I can't wait to get started and see kind of all the the preview stuff. And you you talk to coaches, and you're working on stories and, and doing stuff. And now you kind of get to see what happens on Friday. And got a chance to get out and see a little bit last Friday at a went to a scrimmage, Cathedral and uh, Franklin Central. But you know, it's hard to assess a whole lot from those. It's sort of like like Bill People said, it's kind of like a a third or fourth NFL preseason game you're, you're sort of you know you're, you're not playing your guy your main guys the whole time or even close to the full time so uh but yeah tomorrow we kind of start finding out who's who and what's what and uh, a lot of different games I would say on the schedule uh for week one this year so that'll be kind of fun and interesting and, and then of course the center grove doesn't play until Saturday so that'll be another uh game to watch obviously uh you know after the after the friday night slate is done so there's a lot a lot going on and uh yeah I can't wait to see how it all starts to shake out, and the scores start to roll in tomorrow night.
1: It's a uh, Kyle Rip with us. So, our first game here brought to you by CarX, carx.com, for the uh, one of the 14 locations nearest you. Our high school Friday night football game has Carroll at Hamilton Southeastern, which is a really good matchup, is it not? I mean, 1v5, I believe, according to the media, in 6A to start coming up. Yeah,
2: it's a uh, four-four versus five. Four versus
1: five.
2: The four AP, versus five. Yeah, the people uh, something wrong with their system. They, I was told, or I think we're all of our vo- voters. Were oh, told I see it. That. I
1: see it now. I'm sorry, you're right. It is four v five. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, that's yeah. That that mm-hmm. that is actually where I'll be as well, and I think that'll be a fantastic game. HSE has uh, a lot of talent back from last year. They were ranked number one last year going into that semi-state against Carroll uh, up in Fort Wayne, and they lost. Uh, sort of a surprising, I think most people probably thought HSC would get through at that point, and uh, they didn't. And uh, Carroll proved to be a, a really good team last year as well. And I like this, uh, you know, I like this, this, this Summit Athletic Conference up there in Fort Wayne has kind of changed their format. So they now, they used to be locked into a basically a full conference schedule the whole season. Now they have a couple non-conference games that they can play the first two weeks of the season. Uh, so we'll see. Carroll's going to be playing HSC. They play Warren. Uh, next year, they're playing Center Grove, uh, I think, for the next two years, actually. So, you know, they've got some games that I think will help them. And it, it adds a little bit of flavor, I think, to our area schedule, too, uh, where you get to play those better four Wayne teams. You have Snyder coming down uh, to play Warren Central. So, you know, you have uh, Concordia Lutherans playing Cena. So you have some four Wayne indie matchups that you didn't have in the past. And I think that'll be. I think that'll be good for both sides. I like to see those four-way teams too, uh, where you don't get to see them, you know, under the under the previous, uh, you know, way it was. So, you know, Carroll's got a lot coming back. Their quarterback's back. Their their top two running backs are are back. Uh, HSC's got several guys back. Horse styles, Prescott is going to Notre Dame. Uh, Jalen Alexander, their their top running back. So, you know, it should be a really good game. HSC has a lot of momentum. I think a lot of. Uh, you know, support their their school really uh, got behind that team last year. And it was it was kind of fun to see how, you know, they kind of got, got a lot of momentum going throughout the year. So we'll see if that carries over. I expect that to be a really good game. And, you know, I think that, that semi-state loss has kind of driven uh, HSE throughout the offseason. And, and, you know, we'll see if that pays off tomorrow. But I think it's going to be a really – good game i think a,
1: a kind of a tone setter type of game to start the season so uh, kyle Rip of the star via the andy moore automotive group hotline coming up tomorrow it is friday night number one weekend number one now considering center groves over on ohio on saturday but it is a uh, weekend number one of the high school football season and, and correct me if i'm wrong on my memory here um but i believe i'm accurate about this first game a year ago and for example, Westfield seventh ranked in six A. New Pal is second ranked in four A. And Westfield a year ago went to New Pal, and that did not go over well whatsoever for the Shamrocks. If memory serves, a little revenge opportunity for the Rocks at home coming up tomorrow night with a team that gave them a beating a year ago.
2: Yeah, that'll be a really good game, really interesting game. I think uh, you know Westfield. Obviously, they uh, you know took took it took it on the chin a little bit last year from from new pal that was sort of a you know a new pal uh i don't want to say a revival but the the previous two years weren't necessarily up to you know probably to what they'd been as standard wise under kyle ralph so now you know that that kind of uh signal that they were definitely back and i think we'll see you know they they do have some young pieces uh on that on that new pal team this year but you have uh, Ian Moore coming back on the line who's going to Ohio State. You've got uh, Grayson Thomas who's, who's uh, you know, had a knee injury last year but has 3,000-yard rushing seasons under his belt already. So, he goes into, you know, he's fully healthy again uh, going into this year. And then Michael Thacker on the defensive line he's only a junior, but, you know, he's got offers from Tennessee and all kinds of different places. So, you know, that's a, that new pal team, I think they've definitely got the attention of Westfield. And Westfield – you know, I would say they're kind of a, a team right now. They went to the state championship back-to-back years and then uh, won another sectional last year and went eight and four, but then lost to HSC in the regional and now probably goes in. I, we're probably not talking about them enough. I think they're going to be a really motivated team. I, I really like their running back they've got coming back uh, this year. Max Osler who's a tight end for them, really good player. Um, so I think that's a game I'm really curious to see. If I could be another place, I'd love to see that game because I think it's going to be a really uh, a good battle. Um, you know, New Powell always – you know, you can't really say they surprise you anymore based on what they've done over the years with Kyle Ralph. But, you know, these games against 6A teams, you kind of expect – you know, they just don't have the numbers of, of, a, of a 6A team. But I've seen, seen them enough times to know, you know, what they're capable of doing. And, you know, they always seem to maximize – every square ounce of talent that they have. And, and uh, you know, we can't say enough about the the tradition they have going there. So you never count them out. Uh, I, I don't know if depth will, you know, factor in against them. Uh, you know, they're obviously not as big a school as Westfield. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's a really, really good game, interesting game. And, and uh, you know, I'm really curious to see maybe more than any game kind of how that one turns out
1: tomorrow night. Uh, Kyle Nedanrup, who's with us, uh, obviously you look at six A and you know at the start of the season, Cinnagro, Ben Davis, Cathedral. We mentioned Southeastern, uh, Carroll, Warren, Westfield, Carmel, Brownsburg, Fishers. The list goes on and on, and that's an incredibly tough core right there of talented teams. But outside of six A, where do you see commonly the the most teams as far as a core of talent? is it uh, is it five a? Is it four a? Maybe even below. What do you find really a lot of talent, and maybe even Kyle in this case, a lot of even talent as we start the season.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say you know we just don't have a ton of five a teams, just the way the way it uh, kind of you know in our area right now, just the way it kind of panned out. Uh, Cathedral moving up to six a, and, and uh, you know New Powell was in five a, moved back down to four a to their own you know, their own uh, classification enrollment-wise. So, you know, we don't have a ton of 5A, and Whiteland kind of took advantage of that last year, and they had a really good team, and, uh, you know, were able to make it to the state finals, lost a heartbreaker to Valpo. But, you know, I would, I would kind of look down. I think 3A this year, you know, and I looked at that, at that and did the previews. I still think Chattard is probably, their, you know, they're the defending champ. They're the They're the team to beat. Uh, but there's a lot of really good. There's a lot of teams that have a lot coming back in three A. Danville was a team. I, I'm pretty high on Danville this year. Uh, they've got a, a lineman Evan Lawrence who's going to IU. Uh, he was more of a basketball player growing up. Uh, didn't even play football his freshman year, and then uh, you know he's, he's now going to IU. Had some other opportunities, and you know he, he's he's back. They got their quarterback back. They got a lot of really good pieces. They have you know kind of a tradition. Of, uh, of good football, they kind of fell off last year, and then and then uh, won a couple sectional games uh, before losing to Monrovia. But, but there's a lot of team. You know, not only that, Hamilton Heights has a really loaded team this year. Uh, they're in 3A. They kind of have the unfortunate, you know, part of being in the same section with Chittar because they're really good this year. But you know, Garen Catholics and other, you know, Ryan uh, Zimmerman, their quarterback is back from injury last year. He's he's very good. Um, you know, so just a lot of teams that, uh, you know, Tri-West is another one that, you know, they did lose a lot on offense, but their defense is, is pretty loaded. Um, you know, West Boone is always good under Justin Pally. Uh They did lose a lot and have a smaller senior class this year. But, but uh, that class is probably the one, when you're talking other than 6A, you know, that probably has the most uh, intrigue or the most teams with experience uh, coming back. I would say it's probably – you know, probably three A this year, and and you know I, the four A is pretty good too. You know, Ron Colley and you know those those schools that are always good, New Powell, um, You know, the four A is always really quality and balanced in our area. Uh, but yeah, East Central in four A is going to be a handful. They are very good and have a lot coming back after their state championships. So I would probably give them a little bit of a nod in that class. But uh, but yeah, I think three A three A looks to be the, the kind of the best. Uh, class to me outside of 6a at least from uh you know overall you know balance standpoint
1: o'neal cherry couple of quarterbacks right there where do we start as far as significant mr football options at the top of this list
2: yeah those two are a good place to start i would say those those guys are, are very good uh very poised uh play, now played in big games you know cherry last year we didn't know championship it wasn't all him but but he performed well uh, when the lights were on and you know I you know, really like his uh, demeanor like his ability um, you know I think Center Grove they have such a strange season ahead of them you know with, with uh, playing all these out-of-state teams uh, they're, they're it's gonna really test them and I, I don't know if they're gonna you know if they make it unscathed you might as well hand them the trophy at the end of the regular season because it's uh, it's such a good schedule uh, tough schedule but you know, it's going to be interesting with, with him and how, you know, they're able to navigate that and then, you know, what the record is at the end of that season. And then, but if they're, they're holding the trophy at the end of it, I would think Tyler Cherry is going to be a big part of that. Uh, Danny O'Neill has, you know, even more, um, you know, has more experience and, uh, you know, he's he started since his sophomore year. Uh, his numbers overall are really, really good over his career. Um, so yeah, those two, you know, there's there's a you know you have some guys out of Fort Wayne, Bronte Johnson, who's going, you know, he he's plays at Fort Wayne Northside, going to Notre Dame. He's exceptional talent. Uh, Mylon Graham from New Haven, who's going to Ohio State, might be the the best overall prospect of anybody in the state. Uh, but they just haven't won at a very high level. So I, a lot of this comes down to you know, are you winning at the end of the year? Are you are you getting on a stage where you know everyone kind of gets a chance to see you play um you know jalen alexander honestly from uh from hse is a guy that i think uh could you know he had about 1500 rushing yards last year and, and you know if they're have a similar season to last year and he does then i think he's a guy who could kind of play his way into uh into into the conversation at least so you know there's there's some good candidates out there it's it's i would say a little bit uh you know wide open at this point and and seems like I say that every year but it does seem to be that way there's just a lot of good candidates it's just a really strong senior class there's it's a really good quarterback here too i mean there's a lot of a lot of really good quarterbacks right now for whatever reason it's just uh it's it seems like more than ever uh, guys who are getting division 1 uh opportunities uh more more so than ever so that's interesting to me too but but yeah i would say you know the, the, if you're talking quarterbacks those two are definitely two you would start with
1: So Kyle kyle of the star and the high school football season starts coming up tomorrow night where are you going to be again i will
2: be up at uh hamilton southeastern watch uh, carol and hsc play
1: eric moore's coming on at 4 30 you want me to ask him anything
2: well, actually, I wrote about their program a little bit. I today. saw it.
0: I yeah, saw it. Yeah, uh,
2: spent some time with them in July at their at their camp, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, when you go there and and see all that and, and spend some time there, it's pretty obvious why you know they won three in a row, and it's not only that, but that that is a big reason. You know, they they he gets started early, and he spends a ton of time out there. You know, and and he kind of downplays that a little bit, but you know, if you talk to anybody who's who's out there, you know, he's he's there a lot. He enjoys being there, and it's important. And, yep. and he's got a lot of guys who played for him who who run that uh, program. And you know, I know that's a it's a big reason why they have the success that they do is is the uh, the time and effort they pour into that bantam program.
1: Yeah. The uh, and and this is something that Brad Stevens. Way back in his days at Butler said, everybody, and I mean everybody, has to push in the same direction. And there is no greater example of that than what you get with that football program at Cinegrove. I mean, absolutely everybody pushes in the same direction. Everybody.
2: Yeah. And I know he gets asked, and I, you know, what do they do? You know, what do they do different? Or what do they do? I mean, that's, you know, and he. And you can tell people, and there's no real secrets to it. It's just, you know, it's 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 what they do. He, there's people there who yep. who uh, he believes in, and uh, you know, and it's it's pretty. You know, they've got something special going. You don't just win three in a row just by doing it on Friday. There's just a lot of that goes into it, and you know, it's uh, it was interesting being there and seeing that because it does tell you a big part of the story.
1: No doubt about that. It's Kyle Neddenrip of the Star via the Andy Moore Automotive Group line. Hey, enjoy this opening Friday night, man. We'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. You, pr- you bet. Thanks for having me on, John. It's uh, Kyle Neddenrip of the Star. Awesome coverage he gives you. Hey, tomorrow's golf outing, Wings and Things package. You can bid on this. Wings and Things, $250 gift card, courtesy of the Ale Emporium. And uh oh, $100 IKEA gift card. Shout out to IKEA. <laughs> uh, you need to go in this direction. Follow the arrows. This direction, please. A bunch of hamsters in there. That's a good one right there. Wings and things package you can bet on. Again, tomorrow, the golf outing. Come out and play, eat, drink, hang. And bid, and I'll read you some more examples of this awesomeness coming up tomorrow at the back nine in just a little bit. Top of the hour, Zach Osterman of the Stars going to join us. IU football, all right. What's the latest from Bloomington? We'll get Zach's opinion. Mike Chapel in the five o'clock hour. Center Grove head coach Eric Moore joins us at four thirty. Ninety three five and one zero seven five. The fan.
0: The ride with JMV.
1: Have you ever killed anyone?
0: Yeah, but they were all bad. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan
1: Hour 2 Derek Moore, the head coach of Cinegro Bottom of the Hour, Mike Chapel on the 5 o'clock Hour, Kyle Nedrip a little bit earlier This is Chevelle And a part of The things you can Bid on for a golf outing at back 9 Tomorrow includes a TCU Amphitheater package uh, Two tickets to the Jethro Toll, which is coming up here relatively soon I believe this weekend in fact Uh, Two tickets to see Jethro Tull, The Used, and uh, Sleeping With Sirens. That's on the 16th of September. And the band we played back in, Chevelle and Three Days Grace on the 19th of September. That at TCU Amphitheater, that's a package in which you can bet on coming up tomorrow at the Back Nine Fan Golf Outing. Hope to see you there. Meantime, Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the college football season. Raring to go he is, I'm sure. Zach Osterman of the Star is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'm going to ask you the dreaded IU football question. As I always do to start the season, are you ready? <laughs> I suppose. Ready? As I'm gonna be. What uh, What would be your before the first game, before the first week is here prediction? What are you thinking about with this group of Tom Allen as we speak right now?
3: I think um, you know, provided that the uh, maybe if, if if I'm if people want a a an optimistic tone, I'll give them a cautiously optimistic one, which is if the Vegas over under still three and a half wins, which I think is what I saw kind of going back and looked in a while, but what I saw going back in the spring and summer, I would probably, I think I would confidently take the over there. Now I can't like how far over I'm, I'm still not sure. I do think this team is better in some key areas. Um, I think it's better on the offensive line. I think it's, it's noticeably at least bigger and more athletic on the defensive line. Of course, that usually translates to better. Um, there are some obvious holes that you know still give me pause, not least quarterback, but I'd also say secondary, which has been such a staple of Tom Allen's best defense is good, experienced secondary. This one is, is a, a real question mark kind of as a whole group right now. Um, there's questions about a lot of different skill players, certainly outside the running back room. But I, I do I would say this team has looked better to me and maybe a little bit more complete to me and what we've been able to see at Fall Camp uh, so far than what I expected. I'm still not, you know, in a place where I'm gonna say, Oh yeah, get your bags packed for a you know, a bowl game in December.
1: It's Zach Osterman, the star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll get to the quarterback situation and your thoughts in just a second. But you, know, you were talking about the skill position players. And even before I get to that, what, in your opinion, has the looks of this offensive line, which has just long-standing been a significant issue for any really IU team offensively? What, um, what, what gives you pause to think that things could definitely be better with that group this year?
3: Well, I, I'd say a couple of things. First of all, I don't mean to sound flippant with this. I I, I don't think it could be a heck of a lot worse. There's than no
1: the, doubt about that. There's
3: the <laughs> no doubt. And, and like I like said, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying. To, that's not a one liner. I just when you kind of consider obviously results, but even just looking at basically sort of matching personnel to what Indiana's been trying to do offensively, it just doesn't feel like that has jived really at all over the last two years. Um, we can even go back to that 2020 season and I could point out maybe some flaws, although obviously that was the COVID year and there was a lot that was weird about game prep and things like that. Um, I do think Bob Bostad makes a big difference. Obviously, he's got NFL pedigree and he also had a ton of success at Wisconsin. I think it's fascinating that he's, you know, I think it's obviously that the big, maybe the headline on his resume was, He's the offensive line coach at Wisconsin, and yet he spent some time as inside linebacker's coach at Wisconsin and seemed to excel there as well. That just sort of tells me that he's a good coach, essentially, that he's just somebody who connects with players and gets the best out of players regardless of where they are. Um, And the other thing that I'm curious about, and, and, you know, listen, time will tell on this, Indiana had some success going to still running out of the air raid, still running spread tempo, but running some shotgun-based option concepts with Dexter Williams last season, obviously before Dexter Williams got hurt. Now, Dexter Williams will not be the starting quarterback week one. We don't know exactly when in the season he'll be cleared. But I do think in either Brendan Soresby or Taven Jackson, Indiana still has a quarterback athletic enough to keep some of that stuff if it wants to. And I think it probably does want to when you look at those skill positions and you realize running back is the most proven and productive room Indiana's got right now. Maybe the season – Maybe it doesn't end that way. You know, maybe maybe it's not that way by the end of this season. But right now when you look at Josh Henderson, obviously Jalen Lucas, Christian Turner, even some guys behind them like Trent Howland, that is probably the skill position room that you feel most confident about in terms of what guys have proven they can do at the college level. So I think you need to find ways to make the most of that group as well. And if you can do that effectively, you know, runs again, some of that option stuff, maybe even some two back stuff that does take some pressure off your offensive line. That does let your offensive line get around a little bit, move in space a little bit, and and not, you know, just sort of have to stand there and, and just, just hold back the tide, if you understand what I'm saying. So if they can do it well, I think that they can block it, you know, well enough. And I'm not talking, you know, I know people are going to say, well, it's Ohio State week one. How do you think that'll go? Listen, they only play Ohio State once. And, and, and you know, I, I've heard people who said, you know, you think Indiana's worried about, you know, Losing big to Ohio State, that hurt their confidence. It's like, you only play Ohio State one time. You only play Michigan one time. I'm often reminded of, uh, I'm sure you know Mark Deal as well, a story Mark Deal loves to tell about how Indiana lost by 41 points at home to Ohio State the year that they won the Holiday Bowl. So the point is, there have been plenty of seasons where Indiana took its lumps against good Big Ten teams and still found a way to be successful overall. I think it's going to be a question of whether that offense can be up and humming by the time you play a Louisville a Maryland, a Rutgers, those kinds
1: of games. uh, Zach of the star covers the Hoosier programs down in Bloomington. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Jalen Lucas, you brought up. What's a reasonable set of expectations production-wise for the the IU skill Mm -hmm. position whiz, obviously, that probably can do a lot of things and I'm assuming probably will get the opportunity to do a lot of things?
3: Because you know, I mean, he's talked about the guys that he studied in the offseason. You mentioned Tavon Austin, the uh, Anthony Thomas, Deuce Vaughn, who, who was just at Kansas State. Um, at the same time, I think Tom Allen rightly has said, and of course, he's not going to share this, but he's essentially got kind of a pitch count in his mind with Jalen Lucas in the sense that even if you, you know, even if you could be guaranteed he stays healthy, if you use Jalen to Lucas too much within a game. You lose the explosiveness. You know, if you're if he's touching the ball too often, you're wearing him down. He loses that, that first step, that acceleration, that burst away from players. Now, I'm not saying Indiana's only going to give the ball 12 times a game. But if you want him to return kicks and you want him to return punts and you're going to have him out at wide receiver some, then you need to be careful that, you know, you don't let those snaps kind of add up without thinking about it. Because there can be some games where – you have, their, have him back to returning kicks, but he doesn't return a single kick because the, the, the other team just kicks away from him every time. Or you can have him back to returning punts, but he doesn't return a single punt because, I don't know, the other side's got a good punter. Maybe they got a bad punter and it only goes 35 yards every time and he, he catches everything. Um, I think what would be interesting, I mean, number one, I think if you're Indiana, you, can, you, you can't in this day and age expect kickoff returns for touchdowns just because so often guys – don't get the opportunity to. But I think you can expect the same explosiveness in the kick return game, maybe a little bit of in the punt return game, though obviously that's a slightly different skill set that I think Jalen Lucas is still learning. I think what what else you probably can expect is a little bit more diversity in, you know, if you look at his his stats last season, obviously he had some really good numbers running the football. He had some really good moments. You know, I mean, he, he had – think he had 100 yards in the Purdue game. He had a couple 70-plus yard touchdowns or 60-plus 60, 60 yard touchdowns and finished the season with 271 rushing yards. He only finished the season with 82 receiving yards. That's where maybe I think you see a little bit more on the rushing side but also more on the receiving side. I don't know that that's necessarily four verts with Jalen Lucas going over the top, but maybe it's more screen concepts. It's more just kind of quick throws to get him the ball out in space some stuff that Indiana has had success with in the past under other offensive coordinators. And again, that's not just down to Jalen Lucas. You got to have an offensive line that can block it. Quite frankly, you got to have wide receivers that can block it. And, and that's something that probably that wide receiver group has to prove. But I do think maybe it's, it's you know, kind of a baseline of a lot of the stuff we saw last year, adding in not a thousand yards receiving, but enough from an impact perspective, receiving to make him an even more well rounded threat, as long as you can keep him healthy and as long as you can kind of keep that, that explosiveness, which is where it goes back to what Tom Allen talked about at Big Ten Media Day, having that sort of touch count in his mind to make sure you're not overusing him and wearing him down.
1: All right, Zach. Get to the quarterback question. In your opinion, who is uh, who going to be the starter? Who deserves to have that that position right now? And give me some differences uh, between the two front runners that you have witnessed so far, and and certainly talked to Tom Allen about to this point.
3: Yeah, I, I will take the uh, the cop out answer. Oh point. no! Oh
1: what, no! Don't what, do that.
3: In what we've seen, I don't know that I can separate them fully yet, and it, obviously that also. It goes without saying there's a lot we don't see. And there's, you know, again, like, for well, example, will he played two? I don't think, no, he's never really, he's never really shown an interest in playing two. the only time he really did that was just to give Michael Penix kind of some bits and pieces, his true freshman year, obviously before his, his first ACL tear. He's never Tom Allen has, you know, had, I mean, let's be honest about it. You know, probably four or five true quarterback battles in seven seasons at Indiana. And he's never gone with a true rotation, a true sort of like, it's this guy, this series, it's that guy, that series. He's always wanted there to be one guy. I think there's some questions that the staff won't answer around things like, for example, how much do you need this quarterback to be good in designed quarterback running situations? Whether it's you know tuck and draw or it is some kind of option concept like we saw Indiana move toward with Dexter Williams last season. I think that if you talk about differences between the two, I think there are moments where Brendan Sorsby looks a little bit better in the pocket. I think there are definitely moments where Taven Jackson looks better on the run. I think you're also, and this is not a knock to Sorsby, because I think he's athletic enough, for example, to move around. I mean, like last season, just to, to use last season as a comparison, Connor Bayslake just was not comfortable running the football consistently. He'd do it every once in a while. He'd tuck you know, when, when Indiana would run, you know, read concepts or option concepts, he tucked the ball every once in a while, but nearly always he left that ball in his running back's hands. I think both of these guys are athletic enough that they're not going to be afraid to pull it if they see the opportunity to get around the end and, you know, chug downfield, at least to the level of like a Peyton Ramsey who was a very underrated running quarterback, you know, dual threat kind of quarterback. Um, but I do think Jackson is probably more athletic in that regard. The one question I have about any quarterback who has to do that kind of stuff is how good are they at protecting themselves? Because if you looked at Michael Penix, he was outstanding in the open field. You know, if if you just had Michael Penix get around the corner and take off, he could cover ground fast. But Peyton Ramsey was probably better at protecting himself when hits came and understanding how to sort of, you know, how to dissipate contact, how to maybe not take the brunt of the hit and therefore be able to take more of them across the course of the game. And we're not going to know that. Number one, we're not going to know if Indiana's going to need that at a quarterback, though I suspect they might, at least in some games. Number two, we're not going to know that until games come because obviously Indiana is not going to be live tackling quarterbacks in practice. Basically nobody does that. Um, So, I, I mean, I guess part of what might wind up, at least in my mind, deciding this quarterback race is as much what Indiana needs out of that player as it is sort of, you know, which one is the better this or which one is the better right. that. It, it might wind up being one where there's a little bit of conversation about ceiling and, this, you know, does this player have a, a brighter long-term future, but there might also be a, a, a real conversation about, well, this is what we think. We think that the offense as a whole can be more successful because of these skills this player has as opposed to that one. I guess if you want to use, like, sort of the video game terminology, if, if they were if they're both given an overall rating, I don't know that there would be much difference. But I do think there would be enough difference in their skills and their traits that you might be picking one or the other based on what you feel like the offense gets out of that person's well, quarterback.
1: And I, I was going to ask you this because th- that's a great point that you make and, and one that I was I was going to ask you, and I, I will now. Who do you think complements the skill position players? For example, you mentioned the running backs, but those – at wide receiver, who complements you think that group and you know can get the most out of it from the quarterback position as we sit here and talk right now? Anybody stand out? Because I, I know this. Tom Allen had mentioned Sourceby has more of a ball placement accuracy and then Taven is, is certainly better and elusive out of the pocket and making plays with his legs. What is better for this offense, especially at skill position, with the quarterback in mind?
3: I think – I mean – I'll always say that a place like Indiana is probably better with a, a guy that can hurt you with your legs. I mean, it's the old sort of, you know, coaching adage. You're, it's 11 v. 10 because your quarterback can't run and you're, at a, you're already down in numbers. But if your quarterback can run, then technically it's 11 v. 11 at every snap. The other part of this, and I keep coming back to this, and of course Indiana is not going to open up its game plan and just tell us everything it's going to do but I am very curious about how much the quarterback is going to be involved in the run game this year based on, in particular, some of what we saw in the spring, though spring ball can be vanilla, it can be experimenting. Sometimes there can be a lot of just sort of insulation. But even going back to what we saw Indiana moving toward with Dexter Williams last year, because I know when people see air raid you know, labeled, slapped onto an offense, they think, oh, that offense won't run the football. That's that's throwing the ball 60 times a game. It's Mike Leach. It's, it's all over the place. There are plenty of coaches that run the ball really effectively out of the air raid. If you talk to Walt Bell, who's Indiana's offensive coordinator, he'll tell you the air raid can be great to run the football out of because it's easier to block fewer numbers between the tackles. If, if you've got to block six on six, that's easier than blocking seven on seven or certainly eight on eight. And if the quarterback is going to be more involved in the run game, and again, we haven't seen quarterbacks go live. We haven't seen them get hit. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, this guy is definitely better in the open field. I do feel like Taven Jackson has looked a little bit more comfortable in those kinds of situations. Again, it's kind of hard too, because you can get situations too where they bring the referees in. They say, we're not going to hit the quarterbacks. And the referees blow the whistle really quickly when it's like, oh, you know, maybe he could have broken that tackle. Maybe he could have gotten away, that sort of thing. But I do feel like if if that is going to be, if there's going to be some design quarterback run, some design quarterback sort of participation in the run game, whether it's a you know, a two-man game or even a three-man game, because you want to get those running backs on the field, I suspect, then I think maybe that, that shades toward Taven Jackson as well.
1: That's Zach Osterman of the Star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He covers IU sports. He's got us on the inside here of the football program. I know this is, I'm sure, commonly asked as well. um, How warm is the seat? Hot is the seat? Blazing is the seat of Tom Allen with that football program going into this year?
3: You know, I I would say a couple of things. Um, First of all, and, and I don't have the number right in front of me. People always want to ask about the buyout number. And and what I, as, as time has gone on, and I guess my own thinking about these things has developed, because Lord knows whenever you pull up a new coach's contract, you look at their salary, their bonuses, their buyout, all that kind of stuff. What I tend to tell people, think about it less in terms of money and more in terms of protection. There's a certain amount of, of contract years where the buyout is friendly enough to the coach to basically be sort of, you know, to, to protect the coach in case things in case he struggles. And then there's a, a point in the contract where the buyout becomes friendly to the athletic department. If it wants to move on, um, Tom Allen's contract buyout is friendly to Tom Allen through the end of next season, the end of the 2024 season. So I think there's, yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and say there's absolutely no chance of a coaching change this year. If things just go really, really bad. But on the other hand, you know, let's say Indiana goes gets back to like a competitive five and seven, which it was his first two seasons in Bloomington. I don't think that's gonna be something that that moves yeah. you know the needle in terms of, of making a change. The other thing I'll say, and I've always said this about Indiana, it was true under Fred Glass and it's remained true, you know, to this point under Scott Dolson. Indiana is a place that is not necessarily over cautious but it is, it is a place that wants to be patient. It is a place that doesn't want to gain a reputation for basically making knee-jerk decisions. Um, and I can, I mean, as somebody who grew up in Atlanta, I can find you a conference full of schools that make knee-jerk decisions all the time. Indiana doesn't, um, doesn't want to be that kind of athletic department very often. So I would, my read right now would be, and I've not asked anybody, and that, you know I don't think anybody could give me an answer anyway, because you never know what's going to happen. I don't think Tom Allen's in enormous jeopardy this year. What I would say is, for better or worse, and this is true of any program, but certainly any, you know, let's call it big program, revenue-generating program, basically football, men's basketball, at the right schools, women's basketball, you know, even a baseball, something like that. Um, There can come a point where basically you're sort of playing for your fan base's trust. And if you lose it, or coaching, I guess, for your fan base's trust, and if you lose it, you may not really get the opportunity to get it back. And I suspect that might be a little bit more where Tom Allen is, in so far as if he, if this program can't show sort of a, a tangible return, and I don't know what that looks like. Is it six and six in a bowl game? Is it winning a bowl game? Is it a winning season? You know, is it five and seven? But they go five and seven, and they beat Purdue, and they beat—I'm just making this up—but like they beat Michigan at Michigan, something like that. Something you can sort of hang your hat on a little bit. I don't know. Um, I do suspect that if, if, if Indiana can't put together that kind of season, then you might be in a situation where people start to switch off in a way that you can't turn them back on again. And that's you know, that's, that's not necessarily um, the moment that a change happens, but it's, it's probably when it starts to feel like the, the clouds are building, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, is,
1: is, is there any juice around their their ticket sales, at least from what we've seen? So far, or what you've seen so far to start the season,
3: you know, to be honest, I'm not I'm just going to tell you the the Lord's truth here. I feel like people like me used to write season ticket sales mm-hmm. stories. And now, forgive me, those are my dogs. I'm not sure what's going on downstairs. <laughs> uh, and now they write uh, now. Now we write NIL stories. Sure. So I, I'll be honest. I have not. Well,
0: and, and
1: okay. Let's yeah. one final question regarding that too. In, in terms of NIL, and you can mention this for both programs. We most talk about here, and that's obviously the men's basketball program and the football program. How has IU's department grown with that in mind?
3: It's actually been very strong. Um, basketball has been good. I would say you know pretty much. Pretty much from the jump, as you'd expect. Um, football undeniably lagged behind. I mean, I mean, in a, a pretty meaningful way. Um, but per my understanding, and listen, you know, Indiana has Indiana's partner collectives are Hoosiers for Good and Hoosiers Connect, and those are um, two collectives that that have made a real point not to be sort of too centered on one sport. You go to some other schools in the Big Ten, Penn State's had, at least from my impression with this, Penn State's had a ton of trouble with this. Um, basically almost like bickering within the department because there's a feeling that certain, certain sports aren't prioritized enough, certain sports aren't given enough resource, all those kinds of things. Um, but I will say within about the last 12 months, there has been a big push in that direction. And Tom Allen has not been afraid of saying that Indiana's in a better position than it used to be. That he thinks it you know it, he he wants to continue to see it move obviously as any coach would in a, in a positive direction, Tom Allen's even come as far out as saying he thinks that not only is revenue sharing kind of where college athletics is going, but that he'd like to just go ahead and get there um he'd like to be able to see he thinks the athletics department should be able to put money directly into name image and likeness, not just sort of have these these relationships with collectives and the collectives are the ones that facilitate you know deals and things like that, but the you know, the, the, the department can be much more directly involved in that stuff. Um, so Indiana has gotten, I mean, I don't want to say Indiana's been at the cutting edge, but my impression is Indiana as a whole has been in a healthy position basically since the beginning of this. I think football has had to catch up, but I do think football's made up some ground. And again, that's another situation where, You know, and and this is just becoming – and I don't think this will be a a permanent state of affairs. I I also think that we're probably moving towards some sort of revenue-sharing model in college athletics eventually. But NIL has kind of become one of those things, too, where if you don't give your coach the support that they need, then the next – you know, and and then that coach ultimately winds up failing to the point that you've got to make a change. The next coach is either going to need some real assurances or they're going to say, I'm not so sure this is the right place for me because – You don't have those kinds of resources. So I think Indiana's got to keep moving in that direction, I think they want to keep moving in that direction. And it's just a question of kind of, you know, how the landscape changes and what you're able to do and and just sort of, you know, essentially, I mean, for lack of a better term, just, you know, what resources you can can provide.
1: So Zach Osterman of the Star covers IU Athletics. A little insight right there regarding NIL and that department down in Bloomington. And uh, we approach the start of the football campaign for Tom Allen and company. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And hey, we shall stay in touch and see what goes down. Get those dogs under control down there. Did you find out what was going on? Was there a prowler? Somebody sneaking yeah. in your house? No, there was just a, an Amazon delivery. So, always excited, <laughs> Never a dull moment. That dude loved that. <laughs> yeah. My man, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on.
3: Absolutely.
1: Thanks for having me. So Zach Osterman of the star of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. It is at back nine tomorrow. It is our fan golf outing. One of the biddable prizes here would be a Weber anniversary kettle grill from our friend Pat Sullivan, who's going to join us tomorrow there. Sullivan Hardware and Garden the value in excess of $400, a Weber anniversary kettle grill. Just one of the things you can bid on for a great cause. Tomorrow at our Fan Golf Outing back nine, we're going to get underway around 11 a.m. We want to see if you've already signed up. We're going to see you. if you haven't, do so right now or just walk up and join us. Eat, drink, hit some golf balls, have some fun with us. Bid on great prizes all coming up tomorrow at our Fan Golf Outing. Quick break. will come Come back, Mike Chappell, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Ashton Doolin, done for the season with an ACL situation. We'll go over that and what's next with Mike. And on the other side. He has been incredible, has he not, at Cinegrove? And he now embarks on yet another season with a lot of unfamiliar foes on this particular schedule for our good friend Eric Moore of Cinegrove. And I mean unfamiliar foes. They start out in Canton, Ohio, coming up on Saturday. We'll get a little insight from one Eric Moore, who's going to join us coming up next. All right, I don't know how great this is right now. The 88 classic from Peter Murphy. Cut You Up. Ugh. I didn't want to do Cuts Like a Knife by Brian Adams. This is for Hoosier Hardwood Festival tickets, a pair right now. Cuts You Up. 239-1070, number nine is going to go to the Hoosier Hardwood Festival on Us. 239-1070 number nine is a winner speaking of a winner and especially in the last three seasons friend of the show head coach of center Grove, as they embark upon what is a challenging schedule on saturday over in canton ohio eric moore is with us via the andy moore automotive group hotline. you know i feel really good about this you want to know why why is that? Because I was in on the early stages. I actually saw the early stages, one of the first drafts of your schedule on a napkin. On a napkin.
4: Well, I yeah. hope we play better than a team that draws up plays on a napkin.
1: <laughs> I saw it on a napkin, and here it is right now. How you doing, Coach?
4: Ah, just uh, excited to get the, the 2023 uh, season underway with the new-looks. Uh, Trojan team and Citadel Trojans and just hoping we can uh, find that success uh, pill as as we have in the past and uh, make everybody proud
1: no no doubt champions in 2021 and 22 as you start the season over in Canton we'll dive into that in just a second how's how's this team different in many aspects and Eric also how's this team the same you know you got some guys coming back that are very talented too how's the overall look going into this season for you right here as we start
4: yeah, it, high school football. Uh, every every year is different. The teams are a little bit different because you know you don't get to recruit. So when you lose one sector, you probably get a, another group of guys that have more experience that didn't have experience the last year. They got to play. So that's the way it is this year. Uh, we have very talented quarterback. Five running five running backs. We're probably going to use none of them are, you know, the you know the best in the state, but they're really good five. And I think they're going to be really interchangeable, and people won't know what we're doing because one comes in, one comes out. I think our spread passing game is going to be excellent because we don't won because we can run the ball. Uh, I think our offensive line has come a, a, long, a, lot, a long way better than we thought going into the year was going to be. I, I, I feel a lot better about it. And then we switch over to defense. You know, we had some great losses over there, and we had some injuries in the offseason that have just been just terrible for us. Uh, we lost Elijah Chandler, our starting uh, defensive tackle coming back this year, so it's going to be a tough a tough set for that, but I like my young D-line guys. They remind me of our 2020 team lean and long and can run really fast. And yeah. I just hope if we can get them, you know, continue to get them stronger, they'll get faster, and we'll be able to pressure the pass. First time ever, I have two senior linebackers who have started, you know, uh, multiple starts. You know, uh, Caden McConnell has come back for his second year, great state runner-up wrestler, and uh, Owen Bright is a three-year starter. He's been in on all the, all the candy. So yeah. he's got a lot of experience and toughness and, uh, uh and, and just a great athlete. So excited about that. And our secondary, our kids that, uh, uh, Connor Cannon played a little bit last year and Matt Sotterdahl started last year. Uh, Brody Boswell is coming back as a, as a sub. He'll be starting this year. And, uh, you know, Ben Tapak fighting it out on the other side. So this should be a fun group to watch, uh, move around a little bit. And, uh, we can't. We're not going to be big enough to stand stand around and plug up holes. We're going to have to move and have a lot of different concepts. And we do right now. And probably got more in than we've ever had uh, this early because we have to
0: with
1: the team we're going to play. So, Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove, going for a fourth straight. Again, that starts coming up on Saturday over in Canton, Ohio. We'll get into that team and that matchup in a second. I was talking a little bit earlier, Kyle Nenrup of the Star, and and I've I've told you this before. I mean, it's always amazing to see everybody within your program and really within that area at CG all pushing in the same direction in terms of football, and that's what you have to have to be so incredibly successful as you and, and in your program and your teams have been i've always been kind of curious i don't think i've ever asked do you adjust um what you do to the talent that you have or do you have that talent adjust to and then perform what you do how does that work for you over the years especially to that level of success
4: well yeah uh, thank you and, and that is the key and I hear people complain about that a lot in other places, and I well, think, oh, they shouldn't
1: you know, they should not go
4: go, yeah. <laughs> go go to the fields and watch the young kids play and learn who they are and 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 hope that and try to keep convince them the biggest part of football is this, keeping kids in it for ten years so they can play high school football you know if if you put everything into being a superstar as a fifth grader and you really don't care about the future, then you won't have success but we we want we wanna hope that no matter what who what you are, we have a spot for you. You know, in our system offense and our and the way we play defense, and we sort of groom you in to what you're going to do. And uh, we never we never landmark a guy. This is going to be a certain type of player. He may change. You know, a great a great linebacker may end up being a great defensive lineman by the second year he starts. So I, you know I always go on everything off speed. If you can run, then we can do some different things with you. You know, we got kids that should be playing linebacker a lot of times that play running back because they can score, and that's that's the big difference. I don't want a clogger back there. I want scores back there. So it, it it goes a little bit both ways. But, you know, kids learning the system and to, I guess learning the expectations of what it's going to be to play Trojan football when they're in second and third grade, and they'll carry that all the way with them. If you let them and you and you keep that important, and understand that the team is the most important and the program is what's important. It's not what your accolades are. You know, last year uh, Tyler Cherry walked out there, hand the ball off 15 times, might have thrown it seven or eight, sometimes he'd throw it 20 his number one goal was to win the football game. I always tell him before the game, I don't need you to win this game, but don't lose the game for us. Quarterbacks can do that. So just go out there and play the game. And if you do that, then everybody in the other positions will learn to do that. And that's how I think you become successful. Bat. And you just got to be tough. And that's, I think, the the blueprint of our program is staying united and doing the same things for the 15 years you've been involved in football but then when they get in ninth grade, we start really pushing the toughness of uh, toughness uh, portion of it and, and drills and different aspects of our program. And we may not be better than you or faster than you, but we're going to be tougher. And that's where it all starts.
1: So Ray Moore, the head coach of Cine Grove was with us. And they start on the road against St. Edward out of Ohio in Canton, Ohio, on Saturday. I Say, for example, you got a senior in, in Carson Steele who is now at, at UCLA. And the, the opposition, you know what's coming, right? Um, does yeah. the opposition... Especially in in week number one, where there may not be a great deal of film available for the start of the season since nobody's played yet. Does St. Edward know what's coming from you? Do you change up again with that personnel that you have? Is this different from what would be maybe a predominantly running type of team that you would have, for example, in the past if Carson Steele were still a part of the program?
4: oh absolutely change it you know instead of what's gonna you know walk out the locker room you know every no one likes it so everybody you know will give out film on us but the film that they're giving out is featuring the players that we well, have
1: and that's what i wonder too because yeah. it, it, it seems like that your focus on players um is like is different it seems to me different this year than it has in the past maybe i'm wrong am i
4: yeah, because we just don't have a the, the defensive standout superstars, the D one type kids. So we've got to play a little bit more together, and we're going to use a lot more people. And we'll like I said, that defensive line, you know, it got injured, so we like okay, all in now. Let's get all these young guys ready to go, and let's play about seven or eight of them, and then we won't be tired, and we can all run fast, and we're all long, and that's and that's what they do, uh, but. You know, you you got to take it one game at a time, and especially with this type of thing, they they don't understand how our like our five running backs really didn't play much last year. The one one running back, uh, Ryland Cook, number twenty seven, he's probably got the most experience, and he's you know had a great camp and and so far, and we know what he can do. So we just got to get him in the game and and let him unfold a little bit. But he knows he's not going to be a fifteen carry guy. And I told them that we're going to play these teams that are so physical and so big and so talented. That, you know, it's going to be okay. Maybe if you only get five carries or four carries, and we throw the ball a little bit more, in week nine, you'll be ready to go. And that's the whole thing. It's all about week nine, 10, 11, whatever. You know, it's not about these first three, three weeks. But yeah, they have no idea what's going to come after them. I, although they did scout our scrimmage last week. That's a long way to drive for a high school scrimmage, and I'm <laughs> going to give you the film. We traded the film like an hour later. I said, those poor guys still got six hours left to drive, and the film's already back. But I'm hopefully they learned a lot. Uh, because we didn't do much, so, hey, hey. but uh, we're we're excited. You know, we're going to have a really good, talented passing game. I think our five or our five or six key receivers are just absolutely terrific. You know, Noel Koi is there's not a better receiver in high school football. He may not be very big, but you know he can run those routes and just rips people's knees apart running those great routes. And it's about catching balls and, and, and getting yards. And you know, I ain't gonna lie to you, you probably. Hey. No secret, we're just going to try to get first downs Saturday. What's going to happen? And we, you know, slow the game down get some first downs and pop a score in and surprise them on defense and just give them a, just a truckload of Trojan pride and great tackling, hopefully, and you never know.
1: Hey, I was just laughing because deep down inside, you dig the fact that they drove six hours over here to get film that you could have sent to them. I love it. You know, you do, deep down inside. You love that.
4: 12 hours and one day
1: to see a stinking high school football. I don't know. You might be a little bit sick. You love love it. You love it. You love it. Hey, St. Edward of Ohio, I believe nationally ranking-wise, they're in the top 20, whatever that means, at the outset of the season. What are you getting in competition in Canton, which should be special? You're at uh, Tom Benson Stadium, which is going to be awesome as hell over there for your kids and you and the staff and the fans. But what are you getting in your opposition Saturday?
4: Well, you know, it's, it's great that the ESPN people and, and the whole bowl thing, they picked the place for me. They switched the venues from the high school at Massillon to, to the mm-hmm. NFL stadium. And then I got to, they picked the day, and I got to pick the time. And they wanted it to be the 8 o'clock feature game. I said, no, I want to get everybody's big fat butts up, but let's get up at noon and play. We'll see how good a shape those those big city boys from Cleveland, from Cleveland are. And then here we have this cold front coming in. So I, that didn't work. So, but, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic, uh, you know. Big stadium. We hope that the lights. Well, we don't matter. The lights don't go off. The lights went out in the NFL game, but it doesn't matter. We're playing at noon. But uh, we get to arrive there tomorrow, and this time tomorrow, we'll be working out in in the new in the, in the NFL stadium that we're playing in, and uh, just having a great time. Then get to go to the Hall of Fame and visit. That's that's the feature. That's really the whole reason we went on the trip, is to get that uh, free trip to the to the Hall of Fame, and see the you know the past the the, the historic heritage of the. Of the game of football of real football
1: all right um i I mentioned i I saw the the initial structure uh, of this the schedule when you you found out that it was going to be difficult to schedule certainly uh, within this area and this state this particular season and i saw the early stages of that on a napkin what was your objective to come up with this schedule was it just scheduling or was there a a reason or rationale behind you cobbling this together
4: well, happened to start so late in just grabbing games. So it started with just throwing it out there that you need a week one game, and then San Diego needed a week one game. They're so damn good they need week one through nine. And, you know, they grab us. And then when when the bowl promoters saw that, they, oh, let's make this a feature high school game. So, you know, they moved it to to Saturday and all that stuff. It wasn't that. This, you know, this isn't the same team we've had in the last three years. I'm not going to lie. Everybody knows that these last three years have been – these teams have been phenomenal. But I will say this. I'll tell them, clarity. what I told the kids last year because there wasn't gobs of talent on that team last year that won the state. And that's if this is your opportunity to be a Trojan football player and a senior. What are you going to – you know, what's your legacy going to be? It ain't from the 2021 team. They've already had their gold ring. It's time for what are you going to be? What do you want? What do you really want to accomplish this year? How do you want to do it? Are you satisfied or are you ready to go? How do you want to be remembered? And that's what we'll talk about again. Because that's really the, the, the truth of the of the of the pudding is, and what's in it is what what do I want to be? Do I just want to walk through this, or do I want to be a champion like the guys that have walked through before?
1: Hey, does it um, does it matter to you? Do you think it's going to matter to you, or do you just simply not know yet because of the new and the freshness of this this schedule? Um, how it it is going to affect you either way? Considering you don't play, you know, a an in-state in area foe in lc until september the 22nd do you, do you know do you feel yeah. do you understand how well, the effect might be
4: it, it is what it is you got we had to get who we had to get and uh, it, it changed by 25 times uh and and then after you get it set and locked you start looking at it and you get stomachache every day thinking about these teams you got to play yeah but we get to play them except for this one and then we get to go to the wonderful venue tomorrow but everything else is at home yeah so we get to play these great teams, get to come in here. And we're only going to do it one year, I'm, but we don't have any backups with these guys. We're going to get back to more of a traditional Indiana schedule next year. This is just an emergency-type situation, which is fun. The people in central Indiana, hey, be a true Trojan, Trojan fan. If your team, high school team's playing out of state or out of town next week, come and see the Trojans in Molar, uh, Molar, uh, uh, Oakland High School next week. So it gives an opportunity for people to see teams that they've never seen before. But then we'll we'll end up being you know, – we'll get back to the, to the regular – Mid conference type teams and and, any, and the Indiana teams that can play. So we've already got a lot. Of have
1: you have you been year. assured Have you been assured of that?
4: Yeah, not at a mid conference, but we've, we've we've been we're in talking. We got a lot of teams now that are ready to come back, and then they'll see we'll lose. We lose a bunch of games this year; they all think we're bad, so that's okay. We'll get back at it. And uh, you know what will happen is in my in the hoping of all this, the only light you know the light uh, uh, silver lining on the clouds for me in meetings when I talk about it is guys, if we can you know if we can get through these first five weeks. We're going to exactly know what we can and can't do, and I don't know if we'll see any better opponent. I mean, obviously, you know, then we're going to see in the first five weeks. So we're going to have – it's going to be a great showcase of what we can do. We get to the sectional and we can walk. and We're healthy. We're going to be a good football team. If they beat us up so much, we can't. You know, I had a guy from from this game call me uh, last week, a reporter. Like, what's your objective? My objective for Saturday is for everybody to get back on the bus with all their arms and legs still attached, because this is a tough team we're going to play. And I'll tell you what, they can tackle. They block hard. They play. They're, they're like the Carmel of, uh, of Ohio in terms of they've won the most championships and everything, 26 national championships in different sports, uh, six state championships in football, like 15 or 18 or something like that in wrestling. So they're like the Carmel of uh, Ohio. They're, they're good in just about everything. So in reality, you're, really
1: playing, you're kind of playing Carmel. Yeah, I, I, we call it I make that maker. kind of a joke. That's kind of a joke for yeah. me
4: right yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, when you look at we're gonna we're going to take this game, and that's how we're going to evaluate the rest of our season. And when we played Carmel back in the year 2000, you take that game, and that's the way you evaluate your season. And we won it for the first time. We started playing them in 99 and then won it in 2000. And from that point on, we knew we could play with these guys. So, who knows, we get in there, and maybe we'll gain some great confidence. I don't know about the win or loss, but we're just trying to great, gain some great confidence, have really, really good experience. And the time we get through week five, weeks of this stuff, maybe we got a football team that can do
1: a lot more things than we thought it could. Yeah, I'm not going to bring up the uh, quest for four in a row because I know we're going to go with it. So I'll end it <laughs> with, with that right there. Hey, the, the best of luck to you. Have a fantastic season. Uh, we'll catch up more times than you know, but uh, certainly uh, a very interesting schedule put together with uh, a really good team going for the fourth consecutive state title, which is amazing in its own right. Congratulations on all the success and have a great season. We'll get together here soon, too.
4: Appreciate it. Usually you call me at 5 o'clock on the day kind of the state championship. I'm glad you give me a few weeks ahead time. Here. Hey, is, uh, uh, is,
1: is Jaws going over there with you to watch? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. All right, then, buddy.
4: It's always a pleasure uh, I, to talk I with you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can go over and represent the great football played in the state of Indiana and uh, come back with a big win. And if we are, I may hang out the bus window all the way back.
1: So, all right, buddy. Well we'll, be, well, we'll look for pictures of that, too, okay? Somebody's got to take some pictures of it. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you. Go Trojans. It's uh, Eric Moore, the head coach of Santa <laughs> Grove on and the Andy Moore Automotive Group outline. All right, I'm over. Quick break. We'll come back. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Ashton and done for the season. How that is going to affect the Colts moving forward. That and the latest on Jonathan Taylor coming up at the top of the hour. Ninety-three-five-one-zero-seven-five. the fan.
0: The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, here. Yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
1: Hey, welcome back. Thank you to Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove, for joining us a little bit earlier. Mike Chappell and a smid. Zach Osterman, Kyle Neddenrip from the star. A little high school angle and a little IU football conversation. Who's going to win out at quarterback to start the season? And more with Zach Osterman a little bit earlier. And Kyle Neddenrip. Podcast One. 107.5, thefan.com. So Mike Chappell's supposed to join. You're having issues with the phone with Mike right now, James. Tell me all about that. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a bit of a connection issue right now because he's not, he's not coming in clearly at all. Like the stereo MCs once, or once sang and probably still do, we need to get connected with Mike Chappell. And we will work that out coming up in a bit. The storyline today, Ashton Doolin done for the season, ACL tear, uh, that is incredibly unfortunate for him and the Colts moving forward. A wide receiver, backup wide receiver, and has been an ace special teams player. we going certainly have to find somebody that's going to fill both from the wide receiver position moving forward. Uh, that is certainly not good. Jeff writes this. I don't know if I view this, Jeff, as a silver lining or not. Definitely not cheering for the injury. Hate to see that happen, but I'm glad Ashton Doolin won't be an option for the Colts this year. I bet if he was on any other team's roster, he would be cut after camp. Can't figure out the love affair with mediocrity, i.e., Moelle Cox. Well, <laughs> you have to ask the GM about that. I just know this: I know he's a body out there and he has experience. But suggesting this is going to be the downfall of humanity here, but. It does suck. You don't want to lose anybody to an injury like that. Come on now. And plus, I don't know, you replace him, you're going to replace him with, I mean, you don't want mediocrity. Is it going to be mediocre or less than? I guess what you're looking for there. So that's a tough take, I think, right there. Uh, Tim writes this, JMV, do you realize that no matter how you spell wood, The word would, W-O-O-D or W-O-U-L-D, is going to sound the same on the radio, right, Tim? That's exactly why I do it. That's what makes it so much fun. It is a fantastic word to use on the air, the word would. You guys giggle a little bit. We all get something out of that, would. So, yeah, I do. I do realize that. That's exactly why. And shout out to Matt Carlson, who came up with the morning show logo. Uh, The new morning show with Andy Sweeney and Kevin Bowen starts on Monday. It's going to be titled uh, The Wake-Up Call with Andy Sweeney and Kevin Bowen or Bowen and Sweeney or uh, Sweebo. I'll call it Sweebo. The Morning Wake-Up Call with Sweebo but i wanted to call it the morning wood and matt came up with just a tremendous logo i wish i could do why can't i do stuff like that i need to do logos i'd come up with so many different logos can somebody tell me via social media maybe twitter or whatever send me an email is it easy to come up with logos This phone's got that significant of FUBAR? It's really bad. I can talk to him for about five seconds, and then he disappears. Yeah, well, don't put him on there like that. Let's <laughs> not do that. Is Hagen standing around there? Borrow Hagen's phone. There may be up there. My phone was kind of whacked out up there, too, yesterday. All right, everything's still outside, by the way, too. Uh, we had an inbound storm around noon or thereafter, and apparently it has blown through. And everything seems to be good. I saw Jim Ursay tweet a little bit earlier that everything is good up there for tonight. That's the second of two practices, combined practices between the Bears and the Colts. The culmination of that comes up on Saturday. Colts pregame huddle, by the way, on Saturday begins at 4 o'clock in the afternoon from Touchdown Town. Coming up on Saturday, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 4 until 6 with my friends in Touchdown Town. Blake Daniel says it's similar to golf, easy to do, difficult to do well. Well, what Matt did here has done very well. I would love to be able to make my own stuff. I need a quick tutorial. I, and I don't, you know, I don't want it to look like I did it either because that would look really bad and half-assed. I need to look like like Matt did it. I need that help. Uh, Corey writes, does Chapel ever have a good connection? I think normally he does when he's in Beach Grove. There's a lot of cell phone signals going 9,000 different directions up in Westfield. I would guess right now. Hell, I don't know. I was trying to talk on my way home, and it was going in and out, too. Was fumbling about through roundabouts up there and such. Yeah, see, what's what Jeff said. The storm is now gone and it's cloudy in Westfield. It's like it's good to go. Right, by the way, JMV, 53 game wins for the Pacers this year. The Pacers schedule came out. They have one nationally televised game, and I would advise this. You're still talking about a team that won 35 games and didn't make the postseason a year ago. And a team, as always, that when... You're coming out of Indianapolis. You're going to be viewed. Well, wait a minute. So what do you have to offer? And it's going to be one of those things nationally to get some love and some pub. I used to be the whiner and the crier about this, but I no longer whine and I no longer cry about it. Well, not worth it because I just come across as a whiner and a crier. If they're capable and they're able, they will, you just go ahead and erase it? Is it over? Done? Yeah, he said we're just going to have to scrub it and try again because the cell service is so bad out Did there. Did he say scrub? He didn't indeed say scrub.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I wanted to hear that. Scrub it. Uh, Mike Chappell, we'll see if we'll scrub it. And he can join us coming up tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, by the way, Bob Lovell, 3.30. I think Andy Sweeney, for the first time, is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, we're going to make fun of Andy. Not really. We're going to have him on in the early stages of the 3 o'clock hour. New morning show, Sweebo. The morning wake-up call with Sweebo coming up on Monday morning. Beginning at 7 a.m., but we'll have Andy on coming up tomorrow. Pride of Louisville. By the way, I did have somebody reach out to me. I think it's one of the owners of – hold on a second. Let me see if I can find it. Is it Crafters in Carmel? You guys know what I'm talking about, the restaurant? Restaurant, bar, kind of brewery place? I've been up there before. I've done one show at Crafters before. It's legit. It's a good spot. But evidently, uh, owners of Crafters, I don't know if I knew this or not, actually hail from the Ville. And they want to invite Andy Sweeney, being from Louisville. I should say Louisville or Louisville. I say that from Southern Indiana, Louisville. um, They want to invite him up there. So, Crafters in Carmel, which, again, is a really good spot. It's right over there near Meyer, that location right there in Carmel. I'll make sure Andy is aware of that coming up tomorrow. Yeah, back to this, too. Yeah, regarding the Pacers, you get one nationally televised game it doesn't matter i mean you still got to prove it here you still got to make a lot of headway i mean think about what we're going on here i mean the pacers were so smart about setting the bar so low and they did that from the outset and it turned out to be really smart because really all we got um for the most part, was a sample size in December of, oh, wow, this is really fun to watch. That was your that was your introductory to this team. And really the chief reason why most people believe this thing is going in the right direction, but it all started with Rick Carlisle, for example, back in October, who set the bar very low. And let's just face it, that's exactly what we've done with the Colts. The bar is set incredibly low right now. So if you push that, for example, if you were able to push it past To six or over six wins. Everybody around you, I'm sure, will be thrilled. I know that doesn't sound right. And I know that it just kind of flies in the face of what you've been told last year, the year prior, the year before that. The tales of greatness of this team. But, I mean, come on. you got to be a realist on it. I mean, even with what many would suggest to be a, a soft and certainly competitive schedule. Anybody see that out there? I don't see it. So you push that six or over, I think everybody around you is going to be happy. I've said that all along too. Under promise, over perform. We've heard a lot of promises in the past. All those promises have been crapola. Under-promise and overperform is how this should be done. And when you look at it in terms of of the Pacers last year, they, they handled that as well as you could. Corbin says we could call this Sweebo or Boney. <laughs> I think it's sweet. I like Sweebo. I'm going to go with Sweebo. Shane writes this, so when a sports team is set low, fans hope they contend, lose in the end, and get a top draft selection, which is okay. Sometimes you just need patience. And you know what, Shane? While I would agree with that, the problem that you have around here is this fan base has shown a lot of patience. It just has. And this fan base has been promised a lot, and zero has been delivered. So it's in a different spot than what others might do in in terms of rebuilding, you know, of, of it being okay if you finish low and draft high, because they've sat through this already. Man, this fan base is ready to win. This does a Pacer fan base. I mean, really around here, we have soaked up, we have soaked up a great deal of losing. And I don't blame you whatsoever. Sick and tired of it. But you often, you have to be a realist. And you look at the cold season this year, and that is the face of reality. But it is. You're right. Normally, that's how you put something together. But I'll give this fan base credit. I mean, still going, still showing interest. Because you have been through a lot most of which has been really bad. Great. John writes this, the nationally televised games seem to just come down to individual star power and market size, which is why the dumpster fire Sixers will be televised nationally on opening day. Harden will be overweight and in street clothes by then. (laughs) Yeah, That is beautiful though, isn't it? Just Beautiful. Don't you want to see one of these dudes just end up having to pay large? I I guess you can make the argument Victor Oladipo did. You get disgruntled. I want to go here. I want to go that. You want to call your own shots. Maybe listen to the wrong people, which certainly was his issue. Uh, And then you end up costing yourself money, costing yourself opportunities, Especially with James Harden. I just don't know. Even with the Clippers, the Clippers want James Harden, right? That's what James Harden's angling. He wants to go to the Clippers. Why, If you look at the Clippers, why would you feel that he's the difference in anything? Normally, if he's a difference, he's the reason why the difference is you're losing. Nevertheless, the case. I mean, look at the past history. How did it work out in Brooklyn? And others will reap the benefits, but normally there is a reason why your team, when you get James Harden, is failing, and it is because he is pretty big in the process of that failure. I have no idea why many still want to screw around with it. But they certainly do. I guess that's, that's pretty funny, right? He'll probably ultimately get what he wants. Hey, JMV, since Kevin Bowen is the returning member of the morning show, shouldn't the name be the wake-up call with Boney? I just think Sweebo sounds a little bit better. But in the hierarchy of, yeah, that is true. Hey, by the way, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, uh, morning show is going to be all new coming up on Monday morning. I shouldn't say all new. I mean, Kevin and Mark will still be there, but Andy Sweeney swoops in from Louisville. And the morning wake-up call with uh, Andy and Kevin, or Sweebo, as I put it, starts at 7 a.m. coming up on Monday. Our good friend Jake Query moves to middays. Query and company middays here from noon until 3 beginning on Monday, all of which, by the way, you can see coming up tomorrow on our golf outing it is the fan golf outing at back nine. I'm telling you drinks, eats fun. We're going to hit golf balls. We're going to have some fun. You're going to bid on stuff too, for a great cause coming up tomorrow. Man, but so many people around here have done such a great job of putting this together as well. I'm just kind of going over some of the highlights of things that you can bet on to keep that top of mind for you coming up tomorrow. But there is fantastic stuff. You will love it, too. You and friends, you know, nice Ganassi Racing, authentic front wing. I mentioned the Heaven Hill Distillery, the Meekum Auction a little bit earlier. Our friends here from QC Kinetics, also a part of it, too. Non-surgical regeneration. I need about all that. Uh, There's a Butler prize package in there, too. Two VIP lower-level tickets to see Butler. The the December the 9th game against Cal includes hospitality access. $100 gift shop card as well. One for Ball State, VIP Ball State football experience. Indy Fuel's got one in there. And thanks to everybody, too, for donating that. It's going to be awesome coming up tomorrow. Again, if you've already signed up, then we'll see you there at some point between 10 and 11. I think we're going to start around 11. But I also assume that people will be coming in and out all day long. This is something to where you can hang, you can stay. Uh, If you can't get there until later, get there later. Because, frankly, I'm going to be there tomorrow from about 10.30 or so until after 7. Because I'm going to be playing... Eating, drinking, doing the show. And then I have after 3 until 6 on this show, Colts happy hour until 7. And then we'll fire up the start of the high school football season with Eddie Garrison and Jim Leisure. Carol and Hamilton Southeastern from Hamilton Southeastern coming up tomorrow night at 7. But plenty of time for you to join us. Uh, That is tomorrow. That would be a good time. Great cause. Again, back nine. Coming up tomorrow. Quick break, we shall return. All right, with no Mike Chapel, we'll do some calls to close out the tail end of this show, too. Uh Ashton Doolin conversation, Jonathan Taylor stuff we can get to as well. I gave you my thoughts on both of those a little bit earlier. Colts and Bears, yeah, part two of their get together, combined practices tonight up at Grand Park in Westfield. And from all accounts, it looks like outside and good to go per usual tonight. And we'll talk about that preseason game number two with the Bears coming up on Saturday as well. But a lot to get to, a lot more for you. The Pacers schedule, we can dive into that, your expectations for the season as well. I put it at, at least in the JMV Reels rules, I put that at 41 and over. I probably should raise that. I said 45. Maybe we go 43 and over. 43, would you take the over? 43, you take the under. One nationally televised game, which even if that makes you mad, it does make perfectly good sense. At least as of right now. A lot of proof to be made right there. We'll talk about that and a lot more. Two three nine ten seven. your calls coming up on the other side. Your chance to win as well, the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day and Jim Ursay Collection Band tickets all still to come before 6 o'clock. 93.5107, five the fan. <laughs> all right, Jim Ursay Collection Band. Part of that will include Ann Wilson of Heart. Wait, I think Ann and Nancy are kind of back together writing some new music right now, too. You guys, want to go? September, what did I say? The 8th? September the 8th. Lucas Oil Stadium. This is going to be a fantastic event, along with Ann Wilson of Heart. You're going to get Stephen Stills of I Love Your One You're With fame. And of course, Crosby Stills and Nash, Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. Stephen Stills, a part of it. Mellencamp is going to be there. More than a couple of songs performed by Johnny Cougar. See, I come from an era where everybody called him Johnny Cougar. Hey, man, you know what? that Johnny Cougar. I love that Johnny Cougar. Johnny Cougar's got that real cool song, Jack and Diane, Johnny Cougar. Uh, Melon Camp, more than a couple of songs performed by Melon Camp uh good to hear. Number nine to two three nine ten seventy is going to go, uh, Johnny Cougar. I think many things, John Cougar, uh, I should say, many things, John Mellencamp would be unhappy about, and I think hearing being referenced as Johnny Cougar would probably be at the top of that list. I guess Johnny Cougar. Damn V, I hate to say it, I see the paces around thirty six and forty six. Think that they are a long way away from where they need to be, and about the same of last year. I am it's going by 25 35. I've upped it by 10. We'll say this if the outcome is, you know, a game more, 36, for example, uh, if that's the output this year, that's going to be a very disappointing year. No way around it. See, now what you've done is you've built your expectations. You undersold them a year ago, and it worked out great for you. Now you got to play off of that. So, yeah, one more win I think would be highly disappointing this year from a Pacers standpoint. We'll be doing a lot of bad talking if that's the case. Because rarely do you go into a season, and you may even see it here, if you see if you see a lot of Anthony Richardson – and, and you I, I should say this if you see him making you know more than occasionally these super plays even mixed in with the bad decisions the bad throws i mean you look at that and even in losses you'll probably go oh well you can kind of see it right being being built and going down the path i, I know that's a loser's mentality but that's the way that it is right now That's, again, kind of what you saw with the Pacers last year. Think about what you got excited about. Like a month of December. Maybe even half of the month of December. That was it. Then you go into this season going, man, they only have one nationally televised game. I think they have, what, five or six Sunday games? So... Yeah, the, the expectation nationally is not for the improvement I think most people believe you're going to get in the Spacer team coming up this year. J.M.V., I'm more disappointed the Pacers are still on the Ballet Sports app more than only getting one nationally televised game. That is, again, I don't know what I'll do if that ever falls through, but that is, along with that, you know, being able to watch the Reds and just knowing that most of the stuff is going to be there, that's the reason why I hang in with Direct TV. They really give me no other reason to do so, you know, other than that. And that's the only reason my mom switched from Dish Network, which I don't think you ever see anymore. Any advertising for Dish Network? That's why she switched to Direct TV to specifically be able to watch the Pacers now now much like us here if it is on uh it's on Fox or CBS I believe I believe Greg and Rick and Larry are they on NFL Network on Saturday of course we've got the call right here with Matt Taylor and Joe Wrights and the gore man, but yeah if it's on Fox and CBS, I can't wait to see how this whole thing gets figured out what type of solution they're going to come up with for this because there's no way and i'm sorry i know i know that nbc and i know that thr once upon a time uh went through a battle with direct tv and and missed with direct tv a sunday night game i believe that was a sunday night game in seattle but when you think about it these Colts games are all going to be on either CBS here locally or Fox. I mean, you you just can't do it. Amazon, I guess. It's something that's going to have to be figured out. I can't wait to see the solution to it. And I thought that maybe just you guys missing out. You guys have DirecTV missing out on me every Sunday night with Chris Hagan. I thought that that would be enough to finally – through all of this back and forth mess that does not involve us whatsoever, and we all get so screwed by all this, it doesn't involve us. They still want our payment every month, don't they? It does not involve us. But even through all of this dispute and debate, I'm shocked that because you guys have been griping about missing out on me and Hagen on Sunday night, that they could not find a solution through that. Unbelievable. So not even with me, me in my living room and my underwear, giving you sports takes for five minutes with Hagen. So I guess we await on the anchor here, and that's ultimately going to be Colts games. I mean, if you really want to hose yourself, that's exactly what you do if this last past. And again, I think it's DirecTV, the DirecTV stream, and uh, Uverse is the effect going on here locally right now. And it's that and Nexstar ownership. And I've had to explain this to my mom like a thousand times, and she still doesn't get it. So I won't do it here. It's from Rob. Hey, you're not alone here, brother. I only have UVerse, so I can have the Bally package to watch the Reds and the Pacers. If that goes away, I'll have to learn technology. I don't want to... Hey, Rob, man, we are lockstep there, brother. I will. I don't either. Not at all. But I will be learning. If that happens... I mean, if there's no sports-related, local interest, sports-related angle for me to keep this, I mean, I I got no Skinamax. I don't get anything from that. I don't have any of the porn channels, soft, hard, none of it, right? So why am I hanging around? (laughs) I don't have a discrambler. I can't get it for free. Why will I be hanging around? That's a great point right there, Rob, that you make. Just sit back there and watch me TV or Pluto TV and watch old episodes or something. Jim McCann in Southern California writes this. So the new co host of the morning show refers to himself as a radio gas bag and beer snob. Like it or not, on the air, you are absolutely true to who you are. It sounds like. The only Sweeney maybe too. I'll be listening to the Morning Wood slash wake-up call on Monday morning. Uh, gas bag and beer snub. Andy's going to join us tomorrow, probably early on at 3 o'clock hour. We'll give you a really good introduction to Andy Sweeney tomorrow. We'll let him talk about things that go on in Louisville, and that'll last for about 15 seconds. All right, the floor is yours, Andy. Things that have gone on in your 10-plus years of doing sports talk radio in Louisville. Go. And then 15 seconds later, it's over. Now, Andy's going to be a good dude here. He really will. Uh, Andy and Kevin, that's Sweebo in the morning, beginning Monday morning. Jay's at 239-1070. Hello, Jay. How are you?
2: Hey, B. Oh man, I have seen the Pacers'
0: schedule come out, man. Speaking of porn, I hope they have a nope. orgy of win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I really do, man. Um I tell you, um that I know you said some guys said they probably win about thirty, what, thirty six games? Some guy said low balled it at thirty six, Jay. I must say between <laughs> forty four and fifty. 44. And i'm gonna yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stick closer to 44. i said 45 jay so we're kind of right there together
3: yep yep i say that's about and, and, and that'll be pretty good man if they if they can pull off about 44 45 wins get the get the six spot maybe you know a play in i think that's good for them this year hey
1: Jay i like to ask this because you're the one that originated this you mind if i use the term an orgy of wins Go ahead, man. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm, I want. I want to make sure you're okay man. with that. I want to steal it from you. Hey, no problem, buddy. You can have it. <laughs> Jay, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. An okay. or, orgy of wins. <laughs> man, I love you guys. Seriously, you guys make my day every day. <laughs> Andrew Herrick writes this. So install an ad blocker. And hit up buff streams.SX. don't say i didn't tell you all right then what will that do for me there that sounds like a lot of work like matt taylor sent me this uh stuff that i have to fill out to get a parking pass for colts games for the pregame show and it looks like the stinking sats i'm going oh my god <laughs> wait a minute how much of the day am i going to have to carve out to fill all this out <laughs> J <J-O-G-F> wins. <laughs> so outstanding. You guys are great. You know, I don't even know if I'm worthy of you guys at this point. I don't know. I'm not deserving of you guys or anything. Uh, Roland, two three nine ten seventy. welcome to the show. Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I agree with you on
3: the John has been Taylor situation. To me, it's a no-brainer. Just, uh, just take care of business because this guy needs uh, Richardson and all the help he can get. No and question. Then yep. I want to give you a suggestion on the uh, the weekend bender that's getting ready to come up, and I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to attend, but you know that they're
1: Indiana, and maybe a future bender could be at a nudist colony. I don't know if that'd get oh, like, you tickets. Oh, like like Rose Lawn's nudist colony? <laughs> but that? I've I've heard of it before. I mean if it if it has nude in it, I've probably heard of it. Yes. So it was Rosalont. I, I used to have family members and I blank you not on this Roland. They used to go up there on they had some kind of all nude weekend where it was a big deal and they brought in like celebrity nude people from around the country and and they, they went up there with their Canon AE ones and took pictures all weekend long. <laughs>
0: So just, I'll be thinking
1: about for a future bender, you might want to try one of the uh, the nudist resorts. That's a – that's a well, you, you know, my philosophy on nudity, though, is that nudist colonies, you know what that is? What? That the people that are nude are never the people you want to see nude.
0: Exactly. I, I mean, it's
1: like- always you – know, hey, can you throw some clothes on? I don't want to see that. But you over there with clothes <laughs> on, go ahead. I mean, that's the way that it normally goes. <laughs> Roland, I appreciate you calling any time. Yeah, he mentions, too – Our weekend bender, the JMV Takeover Labor Day weekend bender, that is not too far away. I think it's two weeks from Saturday, and that will house at Mystic Waters in Pendleton off of I-69, the first ever live on location JMV Takeover, and I have yet to figure out how I'm going to do it, but it's going to be a blast. And here's what you can do. Somebody had asked me this a little bit earlier. Um, do I need to stay the weekend? Do I need to rent a cabin? I would love to have you up there. I would love to have you rent a cabin. I got I have a nice cabin which is right next to the crapper. I mean, really like very close. Cause I'm up my bladder is so small at this point. I, I don't know if I can, I can see it with a microscope. I've got to go basically I have the urge to go to the bathroom as I'm going to the bathroom. So I'm very close to the bathroom. Thank you, Brent Halverson. But they have cabins available. But if you don't want to stay in a cabin overnight or for the weekend, you can just come and join us. This is going to be the party, the blast of Labor Day weekend. And that is coming up. We're going to do this show on Friday of Labor Day weekend and then go into DJ Skids, who's going to be doing his thing on Friday night. I'm going to see if we can work out some way where I can do skids live with me, but we'll figure that out. But we're going to do the JMV Takeover on Saturday. We'll be up there all weekend long. Mystic Waters. Google it. And Richard Cabin, or just make sure you're going to be a part of what is going to be an incredible experience. First timer. JMV Takeover. It is our Labor Day weekend bender at Mystic Waters coming up Labor Day weekend. All right, Josh before the break, thanks for joining the hey, show. How are you? hey, John? love the show thank you brother uh, quick quick question um I'm a Reds fan um
0: and uh just about Ellie de la cruz um I'm a big fan of his, but it seems like after the all star break he's he's lost somewhat of his confidence um and I just don't know if you know is, is that typical of a of someone who's in their first year.
1: Yes, it I is mean, very. Just, yeah, especially when okay. he's a free swinger like that, too. I, I mean, yeah. he's, he struggles. I, I think a, a couple of things that I've noticed, and maybe I'm wrong, this is just this mm-hmm. is my amateur opinion on it, too. He, he certainly yeah. struggles with the benders. He struggles with the off-speed stuff. Uh, he will struggle hitting right-handed with that off-speed stuff. And I, I think sometimes he, he struggles recognizing the pitchers because what I've noticed, he will let good pitches go by – and then end up having to swing at the really bad pitches. And he's yeah, just think, way too yeah. talented, I think, not to f- figure that out. I think that he will, but that's something I've noticed. And and these guys all with that advanced scouting, they catch up to you. They just will. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, good. Hey,
1: great answer, man. And I, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Josh, right. thank you very much. A Robert Albertson writes this. You guys heard of this band? It is called the Cornfield Mafia. The Cornfield Mafia, that's Robert's band. They're playing at the back nine tomorrow night. I want to say they start at seven. The Cornfield Mafia. See, I'm telling you, and I've heard things about this. I think I've heard the Cornfield Mafia have played at Wit's Inn down in Whiteland a couple of different times, too. But they, they're a local band that gets people to follow them, too. Big fan base cornfield mafia back nine tomorrow night at seven so it follows us we'll still be there too for the fan golf outing at back nine great time hope to see you there robert and we'll check you out cornfield mafia at seven tomorrow night after us at back nine the harris hoosier park race of the day 50 50 in betting and dining from harris hoosier park racing and casino that's in anderson
0: and that's next the Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
1: All right, Jim Gilmore, the 50-50 in betting and dining, courtesy of Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. Fashion Baby was the winning horse. $22 on a $2 bet. The $2 exact to paid 373 dollars the 50-cent trifecta. 81955, the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day every week right here. Three times a week, right? Four times a week. Three times? Four times a week right here. And you get standardbred horse racing going on up until December at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Ask. At some point, when you get up there, we're the great Tony Rens. Ask for our guy Rick Moore. Just a great group up there. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. That is in Anderson. Your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Well done, Kyle Ned and Rip of the Star. We went through a lot of those high school football matchups that start coming up tomorrow night. Of course, the big one right here brought to you by CarX. CarX.com for the 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run locations, a proud sponsor. Uh, Friday Night Football right here on the fan. Eddie Garrison, Jim Leisure. That is Carroll and Hamilton Southeastern tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So we talked to Kyle about that throughout the state of Indiana and so certainly uh, locally around here. Zach Osterman of the Star joined us to IU football conversation. Who is the front runner at QB and more? With Zach, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Mike Chappell's phone with FUBAR. So we're going to have to reset Mike tomorrow. Ashton in the big news today. Done for the season. Or an ACL. So the wide receiver and special teams ace. Done for the season. Latest on Jonathan Taylor. We'll dive into that and more with Mike Chappell. We'll reset him with a better phone coming up tomorrow. Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove. Going for four consecutive They start out things coming up on Saturday over in Canton, Ohio, against a team out of Cleveland, Ohio. Eric Moore, podcast 107.5thefan.com. James, shout out to you. Great job today. Going to be with you live tomorrow beginning at 3 and really all day long from the back nine, the fan golf outing with the back nine presented by franciscan health heart center i will see you there between 10 and 11 this is going to be a blast we'll do it together tomorrow at back nine see you there have a great night.